Hello everyone, I'm Bree. I'm Burr. And welcome back to the Creepcast. Ooky spooky, cause it's October. Almost Halloween. I know, we're so close. Oh my god. <laughs> or it's just this wine I'm drinking, but you know. <laughs> I was about to say, does it taste like candy corn? I mean, that too. Listen, <laughs> unpopular opinion. I enjoy candy corn from time to time. I don't know if I would now, because I feel like it's been a minute since I've eaten it. Yeah. And it's just pure sugar, and now my, like, taste buds are different, and I don't like sweets as much. I know, Austin. You don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like candy corn. I don't like cheesecake either. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we had some bomb-ass cheesecake today, and all we could do is think of your negativity. Good. <laughs> I was like, we're gonna have to. If we ever bring Austin, we'd love to get this different dessert because oh, cheesecake, trash. <laughs> the shade, the shade of it oh all. My God, Leo. <laughs> I almost knocked the cat out on the table. Oh my God. I, I'm so sorry. I no, thought I was not. more worried. I thought it was the beverage, and, and then I remembered you put it over there. It is a very special cat. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's creep cast. Halloween is almost upon us. Aren't you excited? Do you know what you're going to be yet? I know what we're going to be. We planned for months on one thing, and then of course had to change it last minute. Because I'm poor. I mean, (laughs) girl, same. Same, holla. Who dat? Not as poor as I used to be a few weeks ago, but I'm still on that borderline where I'm not that happy where I'm at. Let's get more money. Goals. I need money. Money, money. Help me, I'm poor. (laughs) But anyways, so this week's episode, after multiple episode changes, (laughs) because our first topic, not enough information. The next topic, horribly depressing. Yeah. So depressing. We were going to do the Cecil Hotel. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whatever, a little more true crime than usual. No big deal. You know, lots of mystery and whatever. And then it was like, Okay, only about like three pages of information. I was like, cool, I'll just add on these lists of, you know, violence and suicides. I get through two bullet points of typing and I'm like, I can't. Mm -mm. I cannot. Because I just feel so sad. The person. And if I were to make any jokes about anything, it's like. Even more garbage than usual. (laughs) (laughs) Because if going to hell for not seasoning your child when you eat it isn't hard enough, <laughs> I cannot. But crossing the line is someone making fun of making fun of someone for taking their life. That crosses the line. <laughs> I know I have really weird morals, guys. Okay. I mean, we used to joke. Eating children, we... okay. Making fun of people killing themselves, and eh, not so much. Well, I mean, it was a. Mythological thing. I didn't list an actual person whom I met in hell that ate children, but was only in hell because he didn't season the child. I don't know anyone personally. <laughs> you didn't use enough garlic, Bridget. <laughs> you don't listen to the recipe. You listen to your heart. And if it tells you ten cloves of, cloves of garlic, you do it, damn it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> We have problems. It's been a long day. Lots of recording. Mm-hmm. Lots of things happening. But anyways, our topic this week is the Borley Rectory. Oh my god. The what? I, <laughs> told you. I was gonna slip, huh? <laughs> I was gonna say rectum. <laughs> See, I told her I was gonna say that. She and beat it me to fucked it. Me. She like planted a little mental time bomb in my head. And she, this got is what it mind me. she got to hear her mind read. She got to hear her mind Borley Rectory. God damn it. And it's supposedly one of the most haunted places in England. But let me tell you more about it. So again, it was a Victorian house and it gained the infin- infamy. I almost said infancy. <laughs> This is the day we're having, ladies and gentlemen. I am Burr now. <laughs> Look at me. I am Burr. <laughs> I was looking at her and she's like. <laughs> oh, anyways, 
So, after being described as such by psychic researcher Harry Price, built in 1862 to house the rector of the parish of Borley and his family, it was badly damaged by a fire in 1939 and demolished in 1944. Which, I'm a rector is like a type of priest or something, or father, or pastor. There we go, that's the word I was looking for. But rector just, you know, it's just more fun. I guess. Because rectums. Why not? (laughs) So the large Gothic-style rectory in the village of Borley had been alleged to be haunted ever since it was built. These reports multiplied suddenly in 1929 after the Daily Mirror. Say that in quotation marks because I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying that. That's just the title of it. Quotations. But it was published in account of a visit by a paranormal researcher, Harry Price. I only said that because Vincent Price. R.I.P. Very Harry Price to pay. I don't know. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so he wrote two books supporting claims of paranormal activity. The uncritical acceptance of Price's reports prompted a formal study by the Society for Psych- Psychical Research, SPR, which has rejected most of the sightings as either imagined or fabricated and cast doubt on Price's credibility. His claims are now generally discredited by ghost historians, which, again, I just love ghost historians. What? <laughs> what is this job? And why am I not a part of it already? You know, you can go to, I think it's either MIT or Harvard and get a pirate degree. Yep. Well, I don't want to be a pirate. I want to be a ghost historian. Because why would one, you want to be a pirate? Are you a pirate? Because I'm terrified of the ocean. <laughs> Maglodons and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Did you not see the movie, Meg? No. I wanted Don't. to. Don't. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then last night, Matt and I were watching Crawl. And mind you, I have a whole long list of irrational, stupid fears that'll never happen. And this movie just added to it. Because <laughs> now I'm afraid to go to Florida getting stuck in a Category 5 hurricane where then I will be trapped in a house with a bunch of alligators. And no one will save me because they're going to keep getting eaten by all of the alligators. Bree. What? <laughs> I don't even think that was... <laughs> because unwittingly, the house I decided to stay at is above a nest of alligators. She said irrational, by the way. So yeah. So just relax. This, is not, <laughs> this doesn't make sense to you guys. It makes sense in my crazy ass head. It hurts my head. <laughs> As it should. And it hurts mine. Fuck, after finishing the movie, like, Matt turned off lights or whatever, I thought I was like, shit, I need to get something from the kitchen. And I'm as I'm walking in my second floor apartment <laughs> to the kitchen, I'm watching out for alligators. <laughs> because of all the fucking jump scares in this goddamn movie. She said irrational. Calm down. <laughs> I see the look in your eyes. The fact that she's looking for alligators while being on the second exactly. floor of an apartment of elderly people Listen. in the Midwest. To be fair, where there's no patios of water. There was there was a two. The house was a two story house, and the water flooded that high. I'm not saying it was flooded high that high currently when I was going to the kitchen, but listen, and they almost. Scared me by thinking they were going to kill off the dog the whole movie. I'm like, if this fucking dog dies, we're turning it off immediately. I quit. Quit. I quit. Quit. But yeah. So there's a little insight to my brain. (laughs) And why this has anything to do with me being a ghost historian, I don't know. But I want to be a part of that. Because, no, because that's why you don't want to be. Don't want to be a pirate. Want to be a ghost historian. When watch, there's going to be ocean ghosts and they're going to be like, Brie, you got to go check this out. And be like, nope, now I have to quit. (laughs) I quit. Four years at college and a wasted ghost history degree. (laughs) (laughs) I was going for my master's. (laughs) My dissertation was supposed to be. I was three weeks away from being getting my doctorate, and I was on my last page of my thesis. (laughs) Then they put me on this assignment, and I had to quit. Fuck that shit. Because fucking alligators, goddammit. Even though they're not saltwater, but fuck it. Who knows? They might evolve. They've been around this long. Well, if they get cold enough, they completely shut down. 
Yeah, that's terrifying. To go into a very deep sleep. I'm going to have my when I know. <laughs> <laughs> some Octonauts shit, and I know it. So I'm pretty sure I watched that episode. Yep. Thanks, boo boo. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Felix. Goddamn shit. But, anyways, <laughs> ghost historians. So, neither the SPR's reports nor the more recent bio- biography of Price has quelled public interest in these stories, and new books and television documentaries continue to satisfy public fascination with the rectory. A short program commissioned by the BBC about the alleged manifestations scheduled to be broadcast in September 1956 was canceled owing to concerns about a possible legal action by Marion Foister, widow of the last rector to live in the, in the house. History. History. Um, of ghosts. Of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> it's only one. I'm Googling this after we finish this. She uses the Google the oogles threat you said that one and, and <laughs> if it's just gonna be some bullshit online certification you know my ass is fucking doing it online twenty dollars become ghost historian <laughs> boom sold <laughs> i'm gonna hang music i'll buy you the fanciest frame money can buy yes <laughs> make it a shadow box and everything i love it boo i got you this is why we're best friends. Because I support her. <laughs> and all the bad decisions. <laughs> it's $20. Listen, it's like we told the, the healing podcast. She's the one pushing me in the incinerator or vice versa. We got to make sure the other one's dead. I all our secrets. secrets go with them. <laughs> got to confirm this bitch is dead. But anyways, it's true. Moving on. The history, um, Borley Rectory was constructed on Hall Road near Borley, uh, near Borley Church by the Reverend um, Henry Dawson, yeah, Dawson Ellis Bull in 1862. He moved in a year after being named rector of the parish. Uh, the house replaced an earlier rectory on the site that had been destroyed by a fire in 1841. It was eventually enlarged by the, the addition of the wing to house, you guessed it, Bull's family of 14 children. Yeah, because again, why the fuck are we like, you know what seems like a good idea? 14 children. I mean, Grandma had like 12, 13, mm. so. I know, fuck that shit. Mm-mm. I'm I'm struggling with the idea of having one. Retire that baby cannon. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to honorably discharge. You have your two cats. I know, and but they're she perfect. Didn't pop them out of her baby <laughs> I mean, if I did, it'd be really weird. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Well, time to be submitted to Area Fifty One because I am a mystery of science. <laughs> I'm a medical What's your mystery. special power? <laughs> Shooting I'm... cats out of my vagina. <laughs> I shoot pussies out of my pussy. <laughs> pussy cannon. <laughs> Both of you. These are literally, I mean, I know they're obvious things to say, but literally things I was about to say one right after the other. (laughs) Oh no, Austin's melding into one of us. He's starting to read my brain. That's a scary thought because I still don't understand the alligators. It's a a dark, strange, and dirty place here. But once you find company, it's not so bad. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love it. Fourteen children. <laughs> the nearby church, the nave of which may date um, from 12th century, serves a scattered rural community of three um, hamlets that make up the parish. There are several substantial farmhouses in the Fragmentary? Fragmentary, Yay. Remains of uh, Borley Hall. Once the seat of the Waldgrave family, ghost hunters uh, quote the legend of the Benedict Monast- Benedictine? Benedictine Monastery, supposedly built in this area are in about 1362, according to which a monk from the monastery conducted a relationship with a nun in a nearby convent um after their affair was uh discovered the monk was executed and the nun bricked up alive in the convent uh con 
Oh. <laughs> the convent walls. Which, I mean, come on. He gets to fucking get executed in like a probably non-painless way. They're like, well, we'll just chop off his head. It'll be fine. And then they're like, guess what? You could just suffocate and starve to death in a wall. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not necessarily true. Back then, they had some crazy torture executions. Well, apparently, it couldn't have been that bad because they didn't talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, back then, you had the Iron Maiden, the Iron Horse. Like, you could have been pulled apart. Like, yeah, but the Iron and usually they would execute you similar to how like what you did as punishment so they're gonna pull his wiener off <laughs> some cases they would do that i mean Good. yeah they used to and then Let's it was bring banned. it back yeah but this is back in 1362 yeah, yeah. that's true but also probably not he's a man of god <laughs> he was led away by this this nun's horishness would do that we're not saying it didn't you need to but like that's what i'm saying like the church was the i know but i'm also saying that they're gonna punish her first because Mm -hmm. she's a woman she's a witch so she's a whore whore. not saying that she actually was but you know those those what are they called habits (laughs) Mm -hmm. what is it the little outfits habits habits i don't know whatever whatever nuns wear I don't know. Oh. I've been to Catholic Church maybe like... I'm on it. Eight or nine times. Point being, if you're so pent up sexually that that's turning you on, you'll need Jesus. Well, that's what they're there for. So they need something else. Yeah, apparently Satan... I mean, come on. Even Satan's like, really? Calm yourself. Moving on. Moving on. Bricked into a wall. Bricked right tight into that wall. She's a brick. Ba-na-na. House. Mighty, mighty. <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> I'll never listen to that song the same way again. I will. <laughs> Let it all hang up. Oh. What's hanging out? Not her. It's called a habit? Habit. Okay, I was close. Habit. No, habit's entirely different. Though. Yeah, but habit. Yeah. An abbot was like a... Was that like a priest thing? Yeah. I was a part of the church once, and then a different church, and then I stopped. But, anyway. Uh... It was confirmed in 1938 that this legend had no historical bias and seemed to have been fabricated by the rector's children to romanticize their uh, gothic-style red brick rectory, which doesn't make entirely that much sense. But Whatever. Uh, The story of the walling up of the nun may have come from writer um, Haggard's novel, um, Montezuma? Montezuma. Daughter. Or of, I'm sorry, of 1893 or Walter Scott's epic poem, um, Maharmian? Maharmian of 1808. So moving on to the hauntings, you know, the stuff we're here for. So the first paranormal events reportedly occurred in about 1863 since a few locals later remembered having heard unexplained footsteps within the house at about that time. On July 28, 1900, four daughters of the rector, Henry Dawson Ellis Bull, saw what they thought was the ghost of a nun at twilight, about 40 yards from the house. They tried to talk to it, but it disappeared as they got closer. The local organist, Ernest Ambrose, later said that the family at the rectory were very convinced that they had seen an apparition on several occasions. Various people claim to have witnessed a, a variety of puzzling incidents, such as a phantom coach driver by two headless horsemen during the next four decades. Bull died in 1892, and his son, the Reverend Henry, or Harry, Foister Bull, took over the living. So then on June 9, 1927, Harry Bull died, and the rectory again became vacant. In the following year, on the second day October, the Reverend Guy Eric Smith and his wife moved into the house. Soon after moving in, Smith's wife's while cleaning out a... Oh, Smith's wife. I feel like I said wife's plural. Probably. (laughs) Probably not of the church. (laughs) But anyways, uh, so while cleaning out a cupboard, came across a brown paper package containing the skull of a young woman. Yummy. How do we know it's a young woman? It just was Um, small, so it it was a woman. Yeah, right. Like, what? That was logic. And this is in 1927, so no diagnostics. Mm Mm-hmm. 1927? 1927. Uh, no. And just a skull. Like, if there was, like, a whole skeleton 
And then, like, you can tell by the hip bone. Believable. But just a skull? Mm-mm. Mm. It's going to be a no for me. A hell no. I'm on it. But, uh, so then, <laughs> where was I? So shortly after, the family reported a variety of incidents, including the sounds of uh, servant bell ringings, despite their bell, uh, despite their being disconnected, lights appearing in... Windows and unexplained footsteps in addition. Smith's wife believed she saw a horse-drawn carriage at night. The Smiths contacted the Daily Mirror, asking to be put in touch with the Society for Psychical Research, or SPR, on June 10, 1929. The newspaper sent a reporter who promptly wrote the first in a series of articles detailing the uh, the mysteries of Borley. Uh, The paper also arranged for Harry Price, a paranormal researcher, to make his first visit to the house. He arrived June 12th, and immediately phenomenon of a new kind appeared, such as throwing of stones, a vase, and other objects. Spirit messages, in quotations, were tapped out from the frame of a mirror, and as soon as Price left, these ceased. Smith's wife's later maintained that she already suspected Price, an expert conjurer of falsifying the phenomena. (laughs) (laughs) So... Determining the sex by skull, mm-hmm. feasible. Fine. So, but still doubt it. Well, because well, I'm pretty sure they were still hitting people with leeches and subscribing cocaine and shit. Yeah. Well, this was in like the Roaring Twenties. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, well, no, there's just no alcohol. Yeah. Hooch. But anyway, so so what it says here, from what I found, is um, so generally male skulls are heavier, the bone is thicker. And then the areas where the muscle attaches are more defined than females. There yeah, are also key headed. differences of, in the appearance of the forehead, the eyes, and the jaw between men and women that are used to determine the sex of the skull. So. I know. Well, like it's, I mean, CSI, they kind of do it when the, like, that one lady that comes and she like reconstructs the skull and then like makes the face to the skull. But also CSI isn't really... Always real science. So no, nonsense. It has to be. I mean, it's on TV, so, I mean, come on. You mean, you know, CSI labs aren't all just high-tech and clear windows everywhere so everyone can see everything that's going on? Look, asp. You mean they don't put on sunglasses and say a pun, and then the who starts playing in the background? <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was talking more right over. It's like, yeah! <laughs> Oh, I love it. So good. They make me so happy. But continuing on. Yes, yes. The Smiths left Borley on April 14th of 19... 19- July. Shut up. It's April now. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm on a roll. <laughs> so no in the middle of spring. It's summer. Not- <laughs> We're not going back. That was even close. <laughs> like June. June was plausible, but fucking April? It's April now. It's April now. There's I no mean, going back. Look at me. It's April. <laughs> well, now Bridget. And we're just changing the fucking... Guess what? There's a second April in the year now. Deal with it. But then Two birthdays for April. T- <laughs> in April 2. <laughs> I was going to say no. He wasn't born in April 2. He was born in April <laughs> Welcome. Fuck July, April 2. (laughs) Hashtag April 2. April, the 4th of April 2. (laughs) You're all just jealous. No, I'm going to go. go. Would it be 4 slash 4 dash 2 2019? No, it's still 7, but it's April. (laughs) Yeah, so 4 dash (laughs) 2. I mean, whatever. However you want to write it. But all I know is that I'm going to every calendar store now and breaking into their calendars and crossing out July and replacing it with April 2. April. (laughs) Amber just almost completely annihilated her ghetto sound booth. (laughs) Not that it's hard because it's cardboard, but whatever. Cardboard. cardboard. I'm going to start over since y'all made fun of my dates. April 2. (laughs) <laughs> the Smiths left Borley on July 
14th of 1929, and the parish had some difficulty in finding a replacement. The following year, the Reverend um, Lionel Algernon. Algernon? Algernon. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, Foister? Yes. Yeah. And of 18, who was, I guess, born? Born in 1878, yep. Yes, and he died in 1945. Woo. A first cousin of the Bulls and his uh, wife, Marianne, of 1899 through 1992. Damn, bitch. Right? Whoa. Almost (laughs) made it to like 100 there. Mm Mm-hmm. Shit. But she moved into the rectory with her adopted daughter, Adelaide. Yes. Um... On October 16th of 1930, Lionel Foister wrote an account on various strange incidents that occurred between the time the Fo- um, yeah, Foisters moved in the moved in and October 1935. Okay, yeah. So the date is when they moved. Whenever the day they moved in, and then up till October 1935. Okay, okay. It's just, just like didn't I just say that? Yeah. Um. Which was sent to Harry Price, that information of how long they lived there. Yes. Um, these included bell ringings, windows sc- um, scra- shattering. shattering, thank you, uh, throwing of stones and bottles, wall writings, and the locking of their daughter in a room with no key. Um, Marion Foister reported to her husband a whole range of poltergeist phenomenon that included her being thrown from her bed. On one occasion, Adelaide... Adel- yeah. Mm-hmm. Adelaide. Whatever. Adelaide was uh, attacked by something horrible. 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 Just awful. Awful, guys. It's awful. Leo. <laughs> <laughs> He's not awful. He's just special. That's how I picture him talking. It's just awful, guys. <laughs> guys. <laughs> There's no wet in my bowl, and it's just awful. Like, oh my god. <laughs> but uh, anyway, on one occasion, Adelaide was attacked by something horrible. Uh, Foster tried twice to conduct an exorcism, but his efforts were fruitless in the middle of the first exorcism. He was struck in the shoulder by a fist-sized stone. Because of the publicity, thank you, um, in the Daily Mirror, these incidents attracted the attention of several psychic re- researchers who, after investigation, were anonymous. Unanimous. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> unanimous in suspecting that they were caused conse- consciously. consciously or unconsciously by um, um, Marianne uh, Foister. She later said that she felt that that some of the incidents were caused by her husband and consort. Yep. Yeah. With one of the psychic re- researchers. But other events appeared to her to be appeared to her to be genuine paranormal phenomenons. She later later admitted that she was having a sexual affair. <gasps> I know. Scan not the rector's wife. <gasps> not the rectum's wife. <laughs> That's what I almost said, but I had to say it anyways because it's funny. It is funny. Um, but she was having an affair with lodger Frank Perlis, and that she used paranormal ex- ex- um, explanations. Thank you to cover up her secret meetings. Though yeah, with with, do you think his last name is Perlis? Is Perlis because he doesn't have any pears? Probably. Is then he ain't got a pair of balls. No, his own woman. I, <laughs> I mean, maybe she just likes it that way. Maybe leaves her baby cannon alone. Poo-poo. I don't know. <laughs> don't judge. Um, but the Foisters left Borley in October of 1935 as a result of Lionel Foister's ill health. I mean, cool. All right then. So moving on to the Price investigation of Borley Rectory. Uh, Borley remained vacant for some time after the Foister's departure in May 1937. Price took out a year-long rental agreement with Queen Anne's Bounty, the owners of the property. Through an advertisement in The Times on May 25, 1937, in the subsequent personal interviews, Price recruited a corpse of 48 official observers, air quotes, 
mostly students who spent periods mainly during weekends at the rectory with instructions to report any phenomena that occurred. In March 1938, Helen Glanville, the daughter of S.J. Glanville, one of Price's helpers, this sounds suspicious already, conducted a planchet seance in Streatham in South London. Price reported that she made contact with two spirits, the first of which was that of a young nun who identified herself as Marie Lair. According to the Planchet story, Marie was a French nun who left her religious order and traveled to England to marry a member of the Waldegrave family. Hmm. Which doesn't sound very nun-like, but whatever. So the owners of the Borleys of 17th century manor house, Borley Hall. Oh, whoops. They were the owners of Borley's 17th century manor house. Whoops. Same difference. Whatever. You get what I'm trying to say here, okay? So she was said to have been murdered in an older building on the site of the rectory and her body either buried in the cellar or thrown into a disused well. Nice. Cool. Thanks. And the wall writings were alleged to be her pleas for help. One read, Marion, please help get me out. No. Where, bitch? Where you at? <laughs> right. I don't know about this, but whatever. Nope. So then the second She's spirit... <laughs> The calls are coming from inside of the house. <laughs> no, I was just thinking the lassie. Where is he? Why is Timmy cutting the wall? <laughs> fucking lassie. Come on, girl. But anyways, so the second spirit to be contacted and identified himself as Sunix Azuriz and claimed that he would set fire to the rectory at 9 o'clock that night, March 27th, 1938. All right, Sunix. Calm the fuck down. Damn. You're a fucking ghost. Why are you setting fire to shit? You're already dead. But he also said that at the time, that time, the bones of a murdered person would be revealed. Mm-hmm. What kind of magician-ass bullshit? I know, right? Or conspiracy theory shit. Like, all right, if we burn this place down, bones. Bones, guys. Bones, bones. guys. Undiscovered murder. <laughs> Happening. Let's do it. Area 51. Let's charge it now. Like, come on. <laughs> Although I heard that actually turned out to be a very pleasant event. Yeah. It was not nearly more as many people. Protest. Or... Not even. It was like just like a bunch of fucking alien believers that are like, woo. Ray. Friends. <laughs> hanging out. Let's just have a good old time and party. Yeah. So, good for them. Good for her. <laughs> 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 that fucking, what is it, Arrested Development meme is everything. All of it. Good for her. <laughs> Moving on to the fire that fire. they set to the rain. <laughs> oh, my God. How does that even work? <laughs> Is the rain gasoline? Because that's a problem. I mean, you could always just... The Adele song? Because I set fire to the rain. I don't know. What? <laughs> Fine. But the fire. The fire. The fire burned. Fui, fui. Woo, woo. <laughs> On uh, February 27th of 1939, a new owner of the rectory, Captain W.H. Jegson. Gregson. I did it again. (laughs) Like five times. Fuck this captain. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I tried, sir. Your goofy ass white man name. (laughs) These white breads are dangerous. (laughs) Quick story about that. We went into the store and I needed loaves of bread. And then I noticed before we were leaving, they had Hawaiian sweet rolls. And Bree's just like, we need to get out of here. These white breads are dangerous. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Pocahontas earlier. <laughs> and I don't know any how that ever came to me sooner. <laughs> like, you but know, the genie where he jumps out of the Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Was that you the got first this one? from Hawaiian sweet rolls. Listen. <laughs> My mind works in mysterious ways. No, no, no. It started with the butter. Yeah. Because we're just like unsalted butter. It can't be margarine. Otherwise, he'll murder me. Yeah. And then we're like, got to grab that cultural appropriation butter. Which had a land of lakes. Because we got a Native American woman on it. And she's like, Pocahontas. (laughs) (laughs) Which led into the breads, which was just like, these white breads are dangerous. Because, chief. My brain works in mysterious. It's like a weird game of like six degrees of separation <laughs> but it never gets to kevin bacon if that makes sense. that makes less Stop. sense than before no you know the game where it's like six degrees of kevin bacon there's no. like a thing where it's like all celebrities are within six degrees of kevin bacon and you can connect them 
by six people to Kevin Bacon. So you could start with like Sandra Bullock or whatever, and then like Sandra Bullock dated so and so, and then so and so dated this, and blah blah blah, and then Kevin Bacon. It always ends with Kevin Bacon for some reason. Look it up sometime. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> But that's how my brain is like. It's like 87 degrees of how can one thing cut tie into another. <laughs> and then it just never stops. From six degrees to Kevin Bacon to 87. <laughs> <laughs> and even like a small jump, you know, like maybe like, you know, like 10 degrees, 15. Told you. On a rational. Nope. No. Hell no. Again, my brain you works You see that fly across the room? That guy's connected to Illuminati, and this is how. <laughs> I mean, well. <laughs> Step one. We'll <laughs> I told you, my brain works in mysterious ways. It's like, uh, I don't know. I think my favorite story to tell with that is like, we had this girl we knew in high school, and she used to do, like, this little um, rabbit thing, bubbles. She used to do, like, the little rabbit mouth thing where she goes, or whatever, mm-hmm. it looks yep. like the rabbit, like, munching on stuff. And then it just made me think of the yodeling rabbit from the One Skittles commercial. <laughs> and then she started doing and it. Then, and then it evolved into a different Skittles commercial, and then it ended with me screaming, hit me again, tube sock. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. It's just how my brain goes. What is that from again? I remember it was from also a candy Skittles, <laughs> except it was the sour ones. Because oh. he's like one of the sour, and then he's like, "Oh no, I've just got this giant tube sack that just electrically shocks my tongue." And they're like, "Or you could just eat sour Skittles." And he's like, "Hmm, it hit me again, tube sack." <laughs> Look at these commercials; they're great. <laughs> the only Skittles commercial I haven't liked is the one where they do like the Skittles. Disease and the oh, girl the Skittles plucks box? The, yeah, and then she is it contagious? The I love that one. It grosses like it. me out so much. He's like, nope, not at all. <laughs> just, yeah, he's just like, oh yeah, we should not be doing this, and she's like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, like the one, the, the one puppet meme where he's just like looks down and away, just like, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, anyways, fire. 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 Let's do that again. (laughs) (laughs) On February 27th of 1939, the new owner of the rectory, Captain W.H. Gregson, hallelujah, praise Jesus, (laughs) um, was unboxing, unpacking boxes, and he was unpacking boxes and accidentally knocked over an oil lamp in the hallway. Damn it. Uh, the fire quickly spread, and the house was severely damaged. After investigations and co- investigating the cause of the blaze, the insurance company concluded that the fire had been started deliberately. Insurance is always on to that shit. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know what? Insurance how I, fraud. That's how I thought this happened. You did it. You did it on purpose. You did it on purpose. This poor guy was not even in the same room, probably. And he's just like, nope. Yeah. He pulled a shoestring. Also, kudos on old-timey insurance company investigations. I didn't realize that was that much of a thing. Except on, like, life insurance policies. But also, I know, I was listening truck. to a... It's a big-ass truck. It always comes by. I was listening to um, a My Favorite Murder episode, and... Georgia did, like, two episodes in a row about, like, these tragic uh, factory accidents Mm -hmm. where it was, like, back in the day where they would have these, like, essentially sweatshops, but they'd be, like, kind of better, and and but they would have, like, poor conditions. And the second one was about how, like, this horrible, like, fire happened, and, like, because they only had one fire exit. Oh, girl. And then they had a second one, like, emergency fire stairs, but they always kept the door locked. So, like, it was just... Poor, shitty, like, and this was before when it was, like, really lax and all that. And then, like, these insurance agencies would just sometimes just fucking light their, or not insurance agencies, like, factories would just light their shit on fire just to get the insurance money. hmm Yeah. It's fucked. I'll have to show you guys the episodes, because that one, and then the fucking one where they're using, um, 
what is it, uranium or something? Whatever the shit that the radio, the radioactive shit that. Oh, glows. with the watches. Yeah. Yeah, the girls used to like come in because it was all girls, and they give them a paintbrush, and they're just like, oh yeah, you know, this is this paint, and then you do the lick technique. Yeah, so the, then they, they put lick the brush the in brush. their mouth to give it a fine point. Mm-hmm. After dipping in the thing, nothing about safety. And then, like, these women would literally grow, glow. And they would paint themselves, too, because they were just like, oh, this is cool. So they'd paint themselves. And then it was, like, And their like husbands glamorous. loved it and everything at night, you know. But um, it wasn't until later that they're just like, oh, no, because, like, some of the girls, like, bones started to get brittle. Mm-hmm. You know, deformities. Hair falling, out, yeah. uh, hair falling out. And even when they buried them, like like Bree said, they they glow. Mm-hmm. They had this glowness to them. Yeah, and the worst fucked up part about it is, like, these people, when they would bring you this stuff in, would be handling it with, like, lead vests. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, don't worry about it, you know. There's it's nothing totally wrong safe. with this. Yeah. It's totally safe. Like This shit was oh, yeah. fucked up back then. Mm-hmm. America. <laughs> so crazy. great, that really. Just kidding. Big companies have always been garbage. <laughs> She's not, she's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going backwards to our previous yes. sentences and stuff. I think we're just starting on that first bullet point, so boom. Hells yeah. Um, Miss Williams from the nearby Borley Lodge said that she saw a figure of a ghostly nun in the upstairs window and, according to Harry Price, demanded a fee of one guinea. Yeah, guinea for her story. And not a guinea pig, which is bullshit. <laughs> I know, Bert was so excited. She's like, wait, people traded guinea pigs as currency? I'm like, no. <laughs> guinea is just a type of currency. You lunatic. <laughs> you just imagine someone being like a billionaire in guinea pigs? I love it. <laughs> they, keep them, pigs. they keep them on a ranch because they couldn't keep them in a farm. Yep. And if and they then, died, then somebody had to replace it because... That's just wrong. They'd kill in their own money or something. Uh, yeah, I don't listen. Here you go. It's fucked up. But also, could you just imagine it like just a hundred thousand guinea pigs just all happy and popcorn and girl, I want it. Be cute. I seen that fat. But also ass terrifying. Day, and I want it. But moving forward. Peace. Um in August of nineteen forty three, Price conducted a brief dig in the cellars of the ruined house and discovered two bones thought to be what did you Google? So I had a curiosity. I wanted to know how much a guinea was. Oh, okay. Did it show you how much a guinea pig is? No. What no, did okay. you do? It, uh, so the, 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 it went to, so one dollar is worth point. Seven six guinea, so, so it's almost worth about it's about a like nine hundred like nine thousand. So a dollar is worth. Yeah. So he. But it might just be in like, old. Currency. Here's a piece of hair. Yeah. Well, and back then it was probably an old currency, and uh, yeah. So that's probably why, because I I don't think I'm trying to think what is. England on the euro still? Or no, no. They still use pounds. Pounds. Uh, Combination? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. But moving on. Forward. Yes, yes. Um, In August of 1943, Price conducted a brief dig in the cellars of the ruined house and discovered two bones thought to be of a young woman. The bones were given a Christian burial... In Liston Churchyard, Mm -hmm. after the parish of Borley refused to allow the ceremony to take place on account of the local opinion that the bones found were those of a pig. Which is plausible because pigs are very similar to humans in genetic build. Yeah, but just two? Yeah, and again, two bones. Which bones? Exactly. Were they toe bones? Were they leg bones? Like, or they rib bones. How do you know that it was a pig then? Yeah, I don't know. Pig? Either way, how do they know it was know. a girl? Mm-hmm. Again, just assuming gender to bones. Can't stop pulling stuff. <laughs> for real. Uh, Society for Psychically... 
psych- psychical psychical research investigation. At the Price's death in 1948, Daily Mail reporter Charles Sutton accused him of faking phenomenons. Sutton claimed that whilst visiting the rectory with Price in 1929, he was hit in the head by a large pebble. Sutton stated that he seized Price and found his coat pockets filled with different sized stones. Which, this motherfucker's just walk around with rocks in his pocket and chucking them at people. I like, love it. This is kind of fucking everything. <laughs> I just can only imagine, like, just be like, oh, yes, and we're going on this tour. Oh, just go. You can just go ahead of me for a little bit. <laughs> I felt a shift in the air. The ghost did it. <laughs> Do you feel that? <laughs> love it. <laughs> Windigo fever. Oh. <laughs> in uh, 1948, Eric Dingwall, K.M. Gold. Goldney, Goldney yep. and Trevor H. Hall, three members of the SPR, to whom had been Price's most loyal associates, investigated his claims about the Borley. Their findings were published in 1956 book, The Haunting of Borley Rectory, yeah, which conducted that Price had fraudulently, fraudulently, shut up. <laughs> report uh, produced some of the phenomenon yeah so the borley report as the spr study has become known stated that many of the phenomena were either faked or due to natural causes such as rats and the strange acoustics attributed to the odd shape of the house in their conclusion dingwall goldney and hall wrote when analyzed the evidence for hauntings and poltergeist activity for each and every period appears to diminish in force and finally to vanish away Terrence Hines wrote that Mrs. Marion Foister, uh, wife of the Reverend Lionel Foister, who lived at the rectory from 1930 to 1935, was actively engaged in fraudulently creating phenomenon. Price himself salted the mine, air quotes, whatever that means, <laughs> which I'm just assuming means like rigged more stuff, okay. but whatever, and faked several phenomena while he was at the rectory. Marion Foister later in her life admitted she had seen no, att- no apparitions and that the alleged ghostly noises were caused by the wind, Friends she invited to the house, and in other cases by herself, playing practical jokes on her husband. Which, kind of a dick move, Marion, but whatever. Uh, So many of the legends about the rectory had been invented. The children of the Reverend Harry Bull, who lived in the house before Lionel Foister, claimed to have seen nothing and were surprised that they had been living in what was described as England's most haunted house. So, like, yeah, they're like, what? Our house is haunted? I had no idea. None whatsoever. Are you sure? The ghosts were just hiding. I don't know. Oh, we you crazy. But also, dude was carrying rocks in his coat. So right. What do we know? So then, lastly, Robert Hastings was one of the few SBR researchers to defend Price. Price's literary ex- executor, Paul Tabori, and Peter Underwood have also defended Price against accusations of fraud. Because, you know, they fucking were li- literary executor. I don't know. I don't know. But a similar approach was made by Ivan Banks in 1996. Michael Coleman in an SBR report in 1997 wrote, Price's defenders are unable to rebuke the criticisms convincingly. So, yeah. There's no pop culture section because there just really was nothing. But I'm sure it's just going to be a bunch of, like, documentaries. Yeah. Made for TV movies. Maybe horror movies based on it. But, I don't know. It's very interesting. So I loved it. Will we ever know if it's haunted or not? Probably not. Tune next week because we won't know still. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> listen, it's still too poor. Can't go to England. Poor, 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 poor. Yes. No money, can't travel. Forever poor. Forever poor. <laughs> also terrified of ghosts, so not sure if I even want to go in the first place, <laughs> even if I had the money. Nope. Because if some rando's like, I will give you $10,000. No. No. If you're just going to give me money and then tell me to go somewhere haunted, I'm immediately saying no because you just want to kill me so I don't get the money. It's a scam. Scam. Shame. Shame. (laughs) Bad memoir. But yeah, so I don't know. Any thoughts? No. I don't know. So this one's just kind of goofy, interesting, twists and turns, rocks in the pocket, sexual affairs with lodgers. Which, I mean, that's, like, just someone, I guess, who kind of runs lodgings, I assume. Well, it said, like, it was a part of, what, three houses or something? I don't know. I don't know. Right, right, right now. It's, like I said, it's... It's late. Yeah, it's late. <laughs> it's interesting, but 
There's so many unanswered questions. Yeah. It's like that movie Prometheus, to quote one of them. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I'm I so confused of where I am with that movie. I know. What movie it is. I know. And we were trying to, I was trying to explain to her what movie came after that. And she's like, wait. But the, the, I'm like, no, it's just this. And then she's like, well, what is this? I'm like, that's Alien versus Predator. That's not even in this timeline we're discussing right now. Like, but it all comes back to this movie. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's. I'm confused. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what they're doing that anymore. What's the guy that did it? did the alien movies was talking about um was it was it Ridley Scott? I think it's Ridley Scott. I think so. That sounds about right. But anyways, they were talking about him doing an alien sequel that's supposed to happen after aliens and completely ignore Alien three and four or whatever. What? Alien three and Alien Resurrection. But why? Cause they were not as good as the first two. Well, I mean if they're going to skip movies, the other replacement one that they're doing, it better be fucking amazing, man. Well, yeah, it's the dude that did the first two. High expectations. Yes. Hair. Flip. God damn it. Get it together. <laughs> Karen. <laughs> Karen. I don't know. But anyway. Conclusion. <laughs> Anyways. So if you have any more facts you want to tell us about Borgerly Rectory or any other topics you want us to discuss about or anything like that or personal ghost stories you can email us at the.creep.cast18 at gmail.com we also have twitter that you can follow us at cast creep both these are capitalized we also have instagram and that's at the creepcast all lowercase find us on the facebook which is the creepcast with brian burr and then we have patreon which is also the creepcast with brian burr and you guessed it we have the website which has all the little titty bitties and you can find that at the creep creepcast.podbean.com yes so rate subscribe follow donate and have an oogie spooky night now halloween is almost upon us so excited and bye-bye so excited (laughs) have a good night (laughs) (laughs) and bye